And these kings that were going to war went to Elijah and asked if he had a word from the Lord. Two of the kings were godless. They'd worship other gods. They'd sacrifice other gods. Their god had let them down. And now the god of Jehoshaphat, which is Elohim, was represented. Their other gods didn't work, so they went to the god of Jehoshaphat. And Elijah said to them, said, you know what? Pastor Connie, this is a, a, a crazy verse. It said, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even entertain you. I mean, had you not been here, I would have never shared or given anything to you. So realize in your righteousness, you represent what's right, what's holy, what's good. And God will pour out favor upon you and those around you. And it's not that they deserve it, but it's that they have connected with you. We've taught for years when the bottom falls out of somebody's boat, it's not the bar, it's not the prostitution, it's not the drugs they go to. They're trying to find a man, a woman of God that knows how to pray, that knows how to turn their hearts to the things of God. And so we, we, we're living in a generation, I believe, that really wants a word from somebody or something. Periscope is a new thing. I don't know if you've heard all about that or not. We've got your Twitter, we've got your Facebook, we've got your Instagram. We, I'm just trying to work the, the clock on my phone so I don't pour into those other things. But we're living in a generation that people seem to want to know not. They want to know things. They want to. And, and this is a generation that has its eyes wide open. I really believe uh, that, that the, the past has probably set a precedent that, that they don't want to go there. They want their own thing. They want their. And so when they came to Jehovah, when they came to Elijah wanting a, a word from the Lord, Elijah let them know, I'm in covenant with him, and because he, he's with you, I'm going, to give, I'm going to give you what you're asking. And he asked for, he asked for a minstrel. He asked for a singer. And, and as the singer came, Sherry, and began to, the minstrel began to sing and began to probably sing one of the psalms or hymns that they were accustomed to. But as the minstrel began to sing, the anointing came upon the prophet, and he began to prophesy. This morning, as we had just completely opened our heart, opened our spirit, let down all walls, and just begin to pursue and begin to touch the things of God, God came, and God has anointed this house, and God has anointed this season. And I believe that God is going to anoint this morning this word. Most of you are, are aware on Wednesday nights that we've been kind of going in a, in a little different direction, and I, uh, I don't want to take away from that. I do want to share some things in, in just a moment about that. But the church of Jesus Christ daily broke bread together, fellowship together, rejoiced together, celebrated together the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was a daily thing. It was a daily celebration. And I've been reflecting on the word celebrate as, as we are obviously going to celebrate recovery. And that's a, we know that's a theme and that's an anthem and, and, and we understand all of that. But as you look at the word of God concerning celebrate and rejoicing, it's full of innuendos, commandments, and suggestions that we are to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Probably one of the favorite scriptures behind this post, and you'll hear it almost every other week, is that this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And as we, we receive that instruction from the psalmist David that every day is a new day. Every day is a good day. Every day is a day of favor, a day of blessing, 
And we thank God for those days. And I would like for us mentally, if we could, or subliminally or psychologically, however you want to figure it, I want us to focus and, and begin to pursue a lifestyle or a life truth that every day there's a reason to celebrate. Every day there's a reason to celebrate. I was listening to an incredible pastor teacher, and he made, a, he made a statement or he made an observation that I want to bring to your attention. If all we ever do is correct one another, and all, if all we ever, ever do is discipline one another, and if all we ever do is put things out there that you need to do this to be this and you need to buy this to have that, and that if we, if we make life so crazy and so restricted that everything we're trying to make you better, get better, do better. That's kind of the theme right now, Josh, of the, of the you, you watch reality TV, you watch, you know, everything on TV has something to do with you looking better, being better, doing better. But if we could just reflect and understand, today I am not headed to hell. Today I'm not under drugs or alcohol. Today I'm not freaking out some weird stuff going on. I mean, this is the day the Lord hath made... And I choose to rejoice. I choose to celebrate. It's like you lose two pounds. You go buy a donut. You go, you, 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 you spend 40, but you save 20. That's not the kind of rejoicing that we're talking about. But we're talking about there are godly guidelines in the, in the word of God. Thank you, Pastor Todd. In the word of God concerning celebrating. This house, look at somebody say, this house, this house. has focused for years, on the chapter found in Luke 15. There are three stories. They begin the same and they end the same. Let me tell you how they end. All three stories end with the promise and the statement that angels are rejoicing in heaven. The, what, what the deeds and the actions of the church causes angels to rejoice. I mean, you've got to realize that somewhere in heaven, church that harvest is represented by a heavenly choir that we have angels that are going before the throne of God. They're praising and worshiping. And, and I, believe that I believe that God looks down upon this house. I believe he sees our praise. He sees our worship. Jesus said, should I say, Father, save me from this hour, but for this hour came I into the world. He was born to die, obviously. But he asked his disciples, could you not just tarry an hour? In other words, can we not just take 45 minutes and just praise him and worship him and feel that anointing and feel that place and step into that secret place of the most high that, that God has promised. I believe that every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day of your life, when you call upon God, I believe you should enter into a season of celebration and rejoicing. Again, if you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, I you, if you're around me very long, I really don't like my testimony. I don't like, I didn't like that guy. I didn't like the things that I did. I didn't like the, the, the stuff I was involved in. So it's real tough to, to me just to, we've shared it several times. On, it seemed like Marks and Joni want us to share that story, the greatest story of restoration, they claim. That's what the, they have said. But you know what? I'm not that guy anymore. But you know, you know, you know, you know what I can do, Nicole? I can get up every morning and thank God. I'm not that guy in there. There's a new name written down in glory. Hello. And it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And some glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'm going to fly away. I'm going to take a trip in that good old gospel ship. I'm going to zoom, zoom, past Mars, past this, this, this 
what, what planet they say is no longer a planet. We say, whatever that is, I'm going past that. I'm going to a place called heaven to hang out with a man called Jesus is set in the presence of God forever. Forever. And that is exciting. Luke, the second chapter, I'm, Joel, the second chapter. Most of you know this chapter as it has to do with restoration, as it has to do with restoration. And as we've been looking at some of the not necessarily bumper sticker moments, but they really could be bumper sticker moments. When you think about the celebration recovery, their attitude is to seek out and heal hurts, habits, and hangups. Those three areas that, that those 12 chapters are specifically aimed at to bless and to help and to restore. But when I look at the slave trader, John Newton, that changed the words around to amazing grace, the second verse says, through many dangers, toils, and snares. So there you got your hurts, your habits, and your habits. Through many, think about that for a minute. Through many dangers, sometimes it's dangerous being a child of God. Toils, when you're involved in things of God, it's sometimes like work. And snare, it seems like the enemy is constantly trying to snare us, either by the words of our mouth, by the actions of others. But that song says, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. His grace has brought me safe this far, and that's your moment of celebration. The grace of God, the amazing grace of God that he came to you where you were. He met you where you were, and he lifted you out of the miry clay, set your feet on a rock, and gave you a new song. And how exciting and wonderful is that? So we've got your, we've got your hurts, your habits, your hang-up. You've got your dangers, toils, and snares. And if you were with me 21 years ago, I preached a sermon entitled Dead Ends detours, and distractions. Dead ends, detours, and distractions. And I reflect back as I, as I now I believe in serving the Lord 30, 35 years, and I look back at some of the areas in my personal life, in my personal devotion, in my personal goals, how it was like, what a complete waste of time. Can anybody relate to a complete waste of time? Yesterday, I had one of those moments. It was it was a moment, and probably the second question I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven is why didn't he attach the cell phone to my body? I mean, what was he thinking when he made me? Why didn't he attach the cell phone to my body? What's the first thing I'm going to ask him? Why didn't he attach the car keys to my body? Can any, is anybody there with me? Well, I was, on a, I was on a roll yesterday. I was working on Angel's birthday present, and I I went to a couple of places. I went here and I went there and I came to the church and did some stuff. And, and uh, somewhere, somehow, about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I realized my phone's gone. And you know what? I, it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's a nice phone. It's got a cool case. And I, 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 but I'm concerned the things on there, I don't know that I've got them backed up. And so I'm, I'm walking through the house. I'm going through stuff. I'm pulling stuff over. I go to one store. It's not there. I go to another store. It's not there. Went and bought some dollar glasses. It wasn't there. And I got real frustrated. Can anybody relate to how frustrating that can be? And it's not, it's not that someone's found it's going to use. I mean, that's not the big deal. Is that there's stuff on there, I probably, phone numbers that I probably do not have stored anywhere. And so I just said, I said, Lord, I said, you know, this is really important to me. This is, I really need a nudge. And, you know, when you ask God for things, it doesn't hurt once in a while. It just stops if he's going to respond. Just a, just a possibility. Well, you were asking for yourself, well, let's just see. And I felt nudged 
to go back to the church, go back to the church. That's, that's where it's at. So I'd already gone through the car, gone through all these stores, gone through the house, gone upstairs, gone out, outstairs, went everywhere, went looking. And I remember yesterday I came about, about 4 o'clock, and I turned on all of the air conditioning units so it would be pleasant this morning for us. And so I, I said, well, I went back, fed the fish. I went over here. I went, I went here. I went here. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, there was just a nudge that said, you need to go in the nursery. Because I went and turned the nursery on. So because, and laying there, right there by the thermostat, was my phone. Now, I know that's not going to excite you or turn you on. But there was a, there was a, a moment of just genuine thank you. I mean, just a, a genuine that he really does care about my cell phone. His eye is on the sparrow, and every sparrow that falls, every hair on my head, he knows he got numbered all the stars in heaven, yet that was important to me, so it became important to him. And I know that's crazy motivation. Uh, Blake, how could you get motivated over a lost cell phone? But, I mean, I started crying. <laughs> I'm glad there's nobody in here. I started crying. I started thinking, he really does care about the little stuff. He really is a God of celebration, a God to celebrate and rejoice. And as we look at the hang-ups, habits, and hurts, and as we look at the detours, dead ends, and, and, and uh, distractions, usually most of the things that interfere with us have absolutely no place in our life and will probably never hurt us, never harm us. But we worry about those things. Am I talking to anybody in the building? Most of you know I love the Wizard of Oz and always had a crush on Dorothy and one day girl with pigtails and sock. And, uh, but anyway, one of, one of the parts of the, of, the, of the movie is where they get all in, intimidated by anybody want to help me. Lions, tigers, and bears. Lions, tigers, and bears. And you watch the Hope movie. There's no lions except for the lion that had no courage. There's no, there's no lions. There's no tigers. There's no bears. And it's like the thing that they got all freaked out about, they would never encounter. They would never see. They would never be a part of that. And I think that happens a lot of times with us about, about the worries, about the, 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 the scary times in life, the dead ends in life, the things that happen. Let me tell you something. It's never too late to turn around, and today is the day to begin. Never too late to just do a complete thing. You know what? I am going to wake up in the morning with something positive to say. Think about it. You may not say a word till 1130, but it might take you a while to think of something positive to say. But, but to know that we are a child of God, the family of God, the favor of God, what a reason to celebrate and a reason to rejoice. And that testament that God has given us that we can, that we can share with others and make a difference in others' life. In Joel, the second chapter, which talks about restoration, Talked about the, the latter rain being greater than the former. That's probably where we're at right now in that latter rain being greater than the former. But the, the, the passage of Scripture I want us to go to, very, very popular, and I have uh, probably, probably Chris and Susan and Pastor Ron are probably the only one that remember. But I did take a, a text from this thought several years ago, and I want to reiterate or revisit what the Lord has showed me. If you'll notice verse 25, talking after the rain and after the latter rain. And I will restore to you the years I've been doing some. My brother have, has bought three rentals in Chattanooga, so Dad and I are going over. been kind of working some things out and get some things going on. So this has been kind of fun time with Dad, driving back and forth, spending the day together. And yesterday he told me something that I, that I did not know, that he had a 1938 Ford Coupe. 
where the seat came up in the back and the nice little nice little car there and uh, never never do that. There's a lot of things my dad won't talk about his his childhood. I think they were poor. I think they were you know it was kind of kind of a bad scenario. Uh, as far as I know, my dad never used drugs or or never drank alcohol. But it was just kind of fun him to tell him about the things that he had some of the things he did. And he said that when he bought that car in 1938, it was $1,200. $1,200. We were somewhere. Were you with me? Or We were somewhere. And, and Chris, there was this like ZZ top short, like a 38 Ford Roadster with pipes coming out the side, big fan, fancy paint job. And I realized when they took that car and restored it, they made it better than it was originally. When you think about any kind of, well, I'm going to restore this podium. Well, I'm going to restore, I'm going to restore this bathroom. I'm going to restore this. When you take something that's about to be restored, it usually always winds up better than the original. Does that help anybody? You put that air conditioning in the power windows. Power. So you actually, when, when God starts to work in your life, he leaves you better than he found you. And that, that, that in itself is a reason to celebrate and rejoice and be excited, that he's watching over you and the years that are, and there are people in my life that I can relate to years of wasted life, years of wasted life, whether they're 30 or whether they're 50 or whether they're, I talked with a, with a dad yesterday about, you know, his wife being 34, young enough to do all kinds of things, start over again. This, this this vessel that we have, we do everything we can to restore. It doesn't usually help a whole lot. But the things in our life that, that, are, that are forsaken or cast down, there just seems to be a tug in our heart to make those things right. Can anybody relate? So here's what God says. The years, whatever, maybe you grew up and, and you really didn't have a, a good mom and dad and your kids now have kids and you spend quality time with those kids. I mean, I see so many times that God will allow some of us older people to relive our youth and to enjoy it. Like today, I'm enjoying being a grandfather. She, she is like a, she's like a uh, Nintendo. Uh, they come over, I play with her till my back hurts, then I give her back. I mean, how great is that? I'm not responsible for any, unless she's on my watch, I'm not responsible for anything. So those, those are years, if you lost years of being a parent, then God will allow you to be that grandparent that you never got to be that parent. I'm preaching good here. And I really, I really believe that, this is just my personal opinion, I believe that when we get to heaven, I think our first thing that God will do will restore to you the children that you lost, restore to you the children that were abandoned, restore to you the children that were born. I just believe that. I just believe that's. I believe. I believe all. I believe all fetuses go to heaven. I believe that. I believe when a child is six weeks old, heart starts. I believe that every aborted baby is in heaven. I'm sorry. I just believe that every miscarriage is in heaven. I just believe that. And I believe God is going to allow you on that day to be restored with what the enemy stole from you. And you're going to celebrate and rejoice and be glad in it. So the years, he said, I will restore years of your life that you've lost. And that the, watch this. Locusts, say number one. Cankerworm, number two. Caterpillar, number three. And palmer worm, number four. The next verse, and you should eat plenty, and there's a, there's a wonderful blessing attached there. But there's a reason why those four insects are mentioned in the Bible. There is a, there is a reason. In a moment, I'm going to show you a story where a dead boy is going to sneeze seven times. 
And there's a reason why he sneezes. There's a, there's a reason why your word says what it says. And there's a reason why your word is able to reveal to you things that you can never get revealed any other place. And that's something to celebrate God for. I did some research on these, on these, four, these four creepy crawlers. How many members of the creepy crawlers you, you, you had a little, a little, a little, and you filled them up, and then you ate the, the centipedes and all of that? So, so that's, that's kind of where all these creepy crawlers, there are four of these creepy crawlers. And so I, re- I researched the four insects to see what part of the plant that they ate. Now, how wild is that? And I saw one caterpillar deals with the leaves. One caterpillar deals with the root. One caterpillar deals with the fruit. And one caterpillar deals with the seed. So in the areas, again, God said, I'm going to restore years that's been lost, and I'm going to restore what the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust, and the caterpillar. I'm going to restore what they took from you. Today, church as general, there are many people that live their life in this city that have no covering. They have no covering. They have no accountability. There is no leadership. There's no spiritual input. There's no spiritual nurturing. They're kind of out there doing their own thing. I've learned that now that you can go online and you can be on a line church and you, you take, you, they have a way for you to get the credit card in your tithe and your offering, and some of these online churches have thousands, have thousands of members because it's so easy once you get out of the routine. Say this with me. The reward is in the routine. God always honors faithfulness. But what happens is once you get, maybe, maybe it was a job, maybe it was a sickness, maybe it was an injury, but once you get out of being a part of the family of God, on Sunday morning, it's tough. It's tough getting back in that, back in that routine, back in that group, back in that place. When, and you know what? If the enemy can, he'll use every possible piddly major thing Sunday morning about 8 o'clock to convince you why you should not go to the house of God. It was so crazy. Uh, we were coming, I think it was coming back from Atlanta, and the, and the uh, rain was so hard that on the freeway, People were stopped. I wasn't stopped. I was manipulating that little uh, Camry through the weather. And then I looked over, and there's these two cars of kids. And they're, they're outside. They got outside their car, parked outside their car. And they're, like, doing the rain dance thing, like the, like the rain's coming down. And they're doing the rain dance thing. I said, how crazy. This kind of weather would keep us from the house of God. But these crazy kids are on the side of the road having fun, enjoying, rejoicing. It might be sense to anybody, and I guess they were just celebrating that they had rain to dance to, or they may have been a Creek Indian. I'm not sure I didn't stay long enough to find out because I had somewhere to go and head on down the road. Am I making sense to anybody today? The Lord said, I will restore your covering. I will restore your covering. The purpose of the leaf is to hide the fruit from the sparrow. The purpose of the leaf is to shade the fruit. The purpose of the leaf is to feed that fruit through, the, through the, the membranes of those leaves, feed that fruit through its membranes. There's a reason why there's a leaf on a tree, and there's a reason why that we are called the leaves of his covering, that God allows us to be covered by the presence and the favor. That's why we have fellowship. That's why, we have a, that's why there's a church. That's why people come 
That's why people show up. And once again, I didn't realize I preached the choir. You guys were all here, so uh, really, I'm, I'm not going to go any deeper because that's about as deep as I need to go. Because you're all here, so why do you need that? The second worm that I have learned destroys the root, the literal, the literal root. In Southern California, we have what's called gophers, and uh, they tunnel. And they tunnel, and you can stick a hose down one hole, and then 30 feet away, you can see the water coming up from another one. And I'll never forget one morning I was walking to school. I was probably in sixth grade, and there in the gutter, uh, a a gopher uh, was in the gutter, and he was almost drowned. I picked him up, and I had a jacket that you zip up, and you put your hands in like this. So I picked the gopher up and put him inside my little torso, went home, and told my dad, I said, hey, I've, I've saved this, this gopher's life. And, of course, we're trying to kill him, try to save this Bill Murray anyway. <laughs> uh, and, and so, and so I, he said, what did what, what, you say? I said, well, I, I, I got a gopher. He goes, let me see it. Well, I reached in, and Jackie, of all of the audacity, of all the nerve, this gopher bit me. It bit me. Her savior, her redeemer, her, her magistrate. Well, let me show you what I did. I threw, that, I threw the coat on the ground and took a hoe. And I'll let you feel. Let me tell you something. That day, gophers go wherever gophers go. Okay. But unless you're in California, you can't relate to something eating the roots of your plant until it's dead. It's dead. You're thinking, what? Good soil? Good water? What in the world's going going on? And if, you go, if you'll take that plant to the nursery, some of this knowledge will say, that, that was a worm. That worm got down there and destroyed your root, your very foundation. I believe there's such a great attack of the enemy today for us to try to get us to question our roots and our foundation, who we believe in, where we come from, what we're a part of. It seems like people are constantly attacking the Bible, stories of the Bible, constantly attacking the church, leadership in the church. But God said, I will restore your foundational beliefs, your foundational truths. I will bring them back where they need to be. Then there's an insect that all it does, it eats the fruit. Um, I've, I've grown up with fruit trees my whole life. And you'll look on the ground and there will appear to be a perfect apricot. Never mind, most of you haven't had apricot. There will be a perfect apple and you hold the apple up and you turn around and there's a little there's a hole there where some kind of bug got in there and was eating that fruit same thing with persimmon same thing with peaches nectarines is that some of the fruit just falls off the tree the insects get it and it's and it's and it's useless it's worthless god said the fruit that you used to produce the fruit that you used to bear i'm going to restore those fruits unto you and those fruits are the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, all the things that's promised. I think the church has lost her joy. She's lost her reason to celebrate. She's down. She's, she's blue. She looks like they've got, we're sucking on green persimmons, uh, look like p- Paul bears, usher bears, whatever. But I think we should be happy when we come to the house of God. Again, if you're saved and you know it, tell your face. And then the last thing that this bug destroys is, this, is the seed. Everything's in the seed. The laws are in the seed. Whatever you plant, you're going to reap. Literally, whatever you plant, you're going to reap. I've learned if you plant a smile, you're going to reap a smile. I've learned if you plant a frown, 
you're going to reap it from. I have learned that whatever you put in the ground and you watch over and you nurture, that's what's going to grow back. I will conclude with, I began with Luke 15. Let me, it's one minute to 12. I can do this. Where are we right now in the area of restoration? Luke 15, three powerful, two parables in a story. One of the story, one of the parables, there was a shepherd and it had a flock. And God made him accountable over a hundred sheep. Someone, there's no blame, there's no, someone left the gate open. One of the sheep wandered off. So that shepherd shut the gate, left that 99 healthy sheep in the fold, and then he went out and he sought and he tracked down and he found the lost sheep. He picks the sheep up, carries it back into the fold and sets it down. And the Bible says the angels of heaven rejoice when one soul comes home. I'm not talking about the sinner. I'm not talking about the prodigal. I'm talking about the person that really does love the Lord, but it just just got out of the routine. Again, the rewards, they've got out of the routine of going to the house of God every Sunday morning, and there's a place that's empty that only they can fill that we, the church, are focused on. Most of us are very, very uh, habitual. You're, you're probably sitting today in the same place you sat last Sunday, or you probably parked your car in the same place that you parked last Sunday, or you're probably going to the same re- I mean, we are really creatures that help everybody. We're creatures of habit. So what has happened is you look around, where's, where's so-and-so? Where, I haven't seen them a couple of weeks. What's going on? Well, you know, God might do what you pick the phone and say, I mean, you say, hey, I've missed you. Just make sure you're okay. Everything's fine. There's something about the body reaching out to the body that brings restoration and brings healing. And for that, we rejoice. The second story in the, in the word, and the only way that I know how to address it is the way it is. A woman had 10 coins. She had lost one of her coins. The tenth, I don't know if God's talking about the tithe. He might be, but whatever it was, she lost. And so she began to clean house. And let me tell you something. Look at everything. Cleaning house is a good way to remove clutter. Now, I don't know how many bags of trash you produce a week, but it scares me every Monday night when I go to, has anybody ever been, like, scared? I mean, it's like there's three not, not the little 30-gallon. We're talking about the construction. There's three great big black. And it's like, we went through all of that in a week? Is anybody with me? That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of trash. That's a lot of, now they're trying to recycle it, blah, blah, blah. What they're trying to do, but it's like, how in the world did I eat that many tits, uh, popsicles? How in the world do we eat this many cans of fried beans? I mean, Gallon. I mean, what's this all about? It's like, and so you you take the stuff to the road only to realize that if you clean house, you'll probably find what you're looking for, and you'll find some stuff you didn't even know were lost, and then you found some stuff that you gave up on. Where's our giver uppers? I mean, forgive it, forget it. I'm gonna go get a new key made. I've lost my keys. I'm not gonna find them. Only the two weeks later, putting on the suit jacket you had on two weeks ago. And there's the keys right there where you left them. Do I have a, anybody in the house that, that can relate? And so, so what she does, she realizes there's some areas of my life that are out of order. 
I'm going to clean up. I'm going to see what's going on. When she found her, t- her tent, she called all of her family, and they came, and they celebrated, and they rejoiced. There's power in tithing. There is power. There is power. God, body, soul, and spirit, God takes care of us. But John said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. Right now, today, money answereth things. Money at harvest would open doors, open staff, television, radio. It's amazing how far you can make that money stretch when the hand of God is upon it. But whatever she lost, she found, and she came rejoicing. The third thing uh, is not a parable. It's a story of a guy that really did live. And uh, a guy had two sons, and most of you know the story, that the younger son got kind of disillusioned with the older son. Uh, They messed up. And so the younger son asked for his inheritance, went to a far country. There he lost everything that he had. But the beautiful story is he came back home to the father, and the father said, I'm so glad you're home. We're going to celebrate. We're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. We're going to bring in Van Halen. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Sammy Hagar and a little Deep Purple, and we're going to do some smoke on the water, and we are going to celebrate because you once were dead, but now you're alive. You once were lost, but now you're found. Which, which means we really don't have any existence until we're tied into the things of God. I was going to read, and I'm not going to, I was going to read a page from Dr. Seuss, The Places That You'll Go. But in his little book, he says, there will be hang-ups, and there will be bang-ups, and there will be things that will happen to us that we won't know what to do, what to take care of, But I think if you keep doing the routine, i got a feeling the reward is going to follow. Father, thank you for this season. Thank you for altar ministries, for the praise and worship. The price that was paid yesterday in getting the facilities ready, all the things that will be done through this week, through this church, we thank you for that. We thank you for the prodigal that is coming home. And we thank you when the prodigal comes home. Again, there is a celebration. There is feasting. There is enjoyment of the things that you've created. This is the day. This is your day. We rejoice. We, we thank you for giving us this day. We thank you for favor. We thank you for friends. We thank you for life. In Jesus' name we pray. And you all said.